So you've got all these people now that can't help. Yeah. And then, then you hear the CEOs get on the, on the radio or on TV going, oh, there's a problem with the stores because everyone's going online or it's the economy. It's not the economy. People have just given up. And, and I can get treated like crap anywhere. So why would I go deliberately to a store that I know I'm going to get treated like crap in? This is Brian Clark from Copy Blogger, and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Hello there, this is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com with a quick message for you. If you'd like to grow your business profitably and fast, head over to GetMeToDone.com where you can learn more about the Productive Insights membership program, which is designed to help you grow your business profitably and fast. We help you get clear on your target audience and create an irresistible offer around the specific problem that you solve for your audience. Once we've established an offer that's a good fit for your audience, we then help you to scale your business using marketing automation, which means you spend less time working and more time enjoying the fruits of your labor. If you'd like to learn more, head over to getmetodone.com right now and take that first step towards your business success and your time freedom. I hope you enjoy this episode and get a ton of value from it. I look forward to seeing you at getmetodone.com. Welcome, everyone. Today's guest is Justin Herald, and he's passionate about business growth and customer service. And he's accumulated a lot of knowledge in these areas over the years. His expertise is in helping businesses to connect and engage with their customers and to do so in a more meaningful and productive way. I recently saw him speak and I found his no BS approach to be very refreshing and very entertaining. He's also created Customer Culture, which focuses on helping businesses deliver amazing experiences to their customers. He's the author of eight international best-selling books and is regarded as one of Australia's best and most sought-after speakers. He speaks in front of about 100,000 people each year. I'm delighted to welcome Justin Herald to the Proactive Insights Podcast. Welcome, Justin. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Great to have you on the show, Justin. So let's kick off straight away and start talking about customer culture. This is something you teach. So could you share with our listeners what customer culture means and how it can transform a business and what results a business owner can expect to see if they implement this correctly in their business? Yeah, look, in the olden days, customer service was something that we all had to do. Our managers, owners of businesses made sure that we were right across uh, looking after our customers, trained us in, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. As businesses evolved, it's become a fairly lazy way of doing business. And a lot of business owners actually don't formally train their staff in anything. They look at their resume. They'll see that on the resume that someone says, I'm unreal with customer service. And I go, you're the person for the job. Funny thing is, you're not really going to put on your resume, I really suck at customer service. So I don't understand that whole principle. There was a statistic that I read, if you want to bore yourself silly, go and read the Bureau of Statistics website. But um, I was on there the other day, 
and they've released some data and that one of those bits of data was in the last three years in Australian business, only 22% of adult staff have had any formal training, which wow. means there's 78% of numbnuts out there that are serving <laughs> the customer. And there's a technical term. Yeah, I was being nice. But what we've allowed um, our staff to do, essentially what business owners have allowed the staff to do, is do it their own way. And they may be doing a great job. It's not that they're not doing a great job. The problem, however, if there's no formal training, is there's no baseline. There's no way that a business in general and all staff operate in, in the exact same way. Yeah. My, my wife owns a day spa and medispa, and I'm very proud of her. She's for the third year in a row, voted the best day spa and Medispa in Australia. Wow. So she does quite well. But what it's called the Temple Skincare is her company. She has a thing and it's called the Temple Way. So if you go in there and you get served by Renee for the first time, who's my wife, um, you'll get amazing service, you'll get amazing treatments. If you go in and, and have a different staff member the next time, you will have amazing treatment and amazing service. It's all okay. done the exact same way. And that's deliberate. Yes. And that's the one thing that a lot of people in business are not doing is having a deliberate approach, especially when it comes to training their staff. And I don't get it. I just really do not understand that at all. So customer culture is actually putting a, a culture back inside your business, which most businesses actually don't have any culture, but have a, put a culture in your business that is all centered around the customer. Because if you don't look after them, someone else will. So, and it's not that difficult to train your staff in, in looking after customers. Yeah, I studied culture as a significant part of my MBA. And I remember that culture is one of the hardest things to change in an organization, but it's also one of the most important things because it's, it's intangible, yeah. but it really defines the organization because you can only make rules up to a certain point. Ultimately, everybody has to behave with a certain sense of leadership within yep. the organization and your culture dictates that. What you were talking about earlier about providing a consistent experience is what we used to call standardization and McDonald's does it very well. And if you think about any successful brand, and I'm not suggesting McDonald's is the most amazing experience you'll ever get, but what you will get if you go to any McDonald's store around Australia and probably in the United States as well, I guess, is a consistent experience. The burgers will taste the same. They dictate where you buy your furniture from. Everything is very, very standardized. Yeah, McDonald's used to be unreal as far as yes. I'm concerned. In the olden days, if anyone came to any employee and said, I work at McDonald's or work at McDonald's, you'd hire them in a heartbeat because you know how well they've been trained. Mm -hmm. My problem at the moment, though, it's yes, you've got standardization across the processes, I guess, within, say, say, someone like McDonald's or whatever, the customer experience, however, has dropped as far as I'm I concerned. I agree. I have seen that. You don't get any experience. They're now, and now I think this is a dumb way, and I'm not having a shot at McDonald's, but I'm having a shot at McDonald's. It's a <laughs> dumb way that they're now sort of forcing us to go to a machine to push a button to place our order instead of talking to the person right. on the other side of the counter. But... I have a personal belief on why that is now is because they've, and a lot of companies are now going to this online compliance model of training where they say to their staff, here's this course, tick a box. We then know you've done it, so you're good to go. Face-to-face mm. -face training and owners of businesses and managers of businesses getting back involved with their staff, 
face-to-face is the way you're going to create a better culture as opposed to, I don't like the compliance model, never have. I would rather a competent model. So I know all my staff are competent at mm-hmm. doing something, not just done the compliance aspect. Right. That goes back to the culture point, right, where compliance implies rules and regulations which people yep. have to follow. Competence implies having a leadership approach and training everybody to think with a customer in mind. Now, let's come back to the McDonald's thing. So you're saying that dealing with machines is something that doesn't deliver a good customer experience. Is that what you mean? Absolutely. And and if we look at the, the people that are spending the money, though, these days, so a lot of businesses set themselves up for the millennials. Well, no disrespect. I mean, I've got five kids, so I've got them all in the house. <laughs> having a conversation and a meaningful one is not one of those things that is a natural thing for a lot of them. So to set up our whole systems around these that, that generation seems pretty silly where the people who have got the money are the older generation. And so your Ys, your XYs and your whatever else we've got going on, baby boomers, that, that's who's got the money. So they're the ones that have had great service in the past. If you have a look at most of the whinges that people have about any business online on social media, it's about the experience that they've had. It's not about the price. And see, the thing is now, the one thing that as you, me, everyone's got more than ever before, it's choice. So I now have a choice to go somewhere else. Now, if I'm not going to get an experience when I shop, I may as well go online and get no experience when I shop. And I, But the reality is I'm going to have to wait now for my purchase to arrive where I'm an impulse buyer. So I want my purchase now, but I'm not getting any experience with it. So I just sit there and go, you know, I'll use a different example. As a business owner, I give great service every single day. So do my staff. Mm-hmm. Great service. So at the end of the week, my service tank is deplenished a fair amount. So when I go out and spend my money, that's the time that my tank should be filled up by getting great service again. I'm finding I'm running on empty a lot at the moment because I'm not getting any fantastic experience back. And it's not that difficult to do. Right. I take your point that the baby boomers need more of a personalized service. But what do you think we should be doing to offer good customer service to the millennials and the next generation? And actually, that brings me to the next question, which is what are the key trends you're seeing in terms of customer culture and the customer experience what is desired by people out there and are there any changes in these trends given deluge of online marketing based and internet based services yeah look the biggest trend at the moment is no one's doing anything they're not training their staff they've sort of thrown their hands up in the air and and i love when people go oh you know what's the point because two things i'll say what happens if they leave or what happens if they stay yes and the other one is, though, everyone's going online anyway. Well, we don't then give up, which means we've got to do something in order to keep them in our stores and keep them with our business. We've got to stop people from having the ability and the choice to look somewhere else. See, for me, and this is why I created customer culture, your staff have to be the reason for choice, not change. And at the moment, most of our staff or most staff, that especially in retail, are the reason for change. That's the reason right. people go, I'm out of here. If you look at the, and I won't mention them by name, but two, and it's pretty easy to work out who these are, two of the major retailers here in Australia, if you go into the store, you're bugging to find anyone in the first place that can help you. (laughs) And then when you do, because of the stupid way they've now set up their store, 
You go up to one counter because you can't find anyone in the other counter and they'll say, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I don't work there. So you've got all these people now that can't help. And then, then you hear the CEOs get on the, on the radio or on TV going, oh, there's a problem with the stores because everyone's going online or it's the economy. It's not the economy. People have just given up. And, and I can get treated like crap anywhere. So why would I go deliberately to a store that I know I'm going to get treated like crap in? So I think what's happened now, the consumer is gone, you know what, I actually do want a better experience. And see, price won't matter when you get a great experience because you're emotionally attached to the process. But there's no process at the moment. And I think what we've got to do is just do that deliberate thing and say, you know what, I'm going to train my stuff. It doesn't take long. It doesn't cost much. It's just about a matter of being deliberate to say, here's what we want to happen. See, culture is easy to create as far as I'm concerned, because as the business owner, it's my business, my rules. So I set the culture. So if my staff don't want to follow that culture, well, bye-bye. There's no point working here, right? So that's where when anyone comes into or has any touch point in any of my businesses, they know that it's deliberate and they know it's real. They know there's a culture behind it. It's not one dimensional. Yes, it's a deliberate thing, but that's a thing that's just natural because for me to be in business 24, 25 years now, I, I had to do things that now most people aren't. And that is, you know, look after my customer, be um, consistent with our treatment and training and all that sort of stuff. So if, if people just did that, they'd actually turn their business around pretty quickly. Okay. How do we do this? In an online environment, though, what are your recommendations on developing a good customer experience when someone is making purchases mainly online? I think a lot of it's got to do with communication. I had a client this morning that this exact thing happened, and I experienced it when I became a pseudo-customer and just to test it out. So I, on the weekend, I went onto their website, placed uh, an inquiry on their website, and it was, wasn't until this morning I got a phone call back. So I was talking to the CEO of the company this morning and I said, look, it's pretty easy. Here's a couple of things that I would be doing. Number one, if no one's going to man your website on a weekend, which as business owners, you're allowed to have some time off. I'm all for that. But if on the weekend someone's going to email, have an autoresponder that goes straight back to them, say, thank you so much for your email. We'll get back to you on Monday, Tuesday or whatever. So then it acknowledges, and this is the problem with a lot of online stuff, we're not acknowledging the fact that someone's even been there. See, in a store, I can say hello. And it's not about chatbots either. It's not about setting up this automated fake conversation that that I see a lot. That That's not engagement. And then the other thing I suggested was if I do send an email, maybe set with the email saying you've got my email, send me a copy of what my inquiry was. So at least I've got a copy. I know what I'm talking about. And if you say to me, we've lost it or we can't find your, your inquiry, I can go, no worries, I'll send it back. It's about that communication that we need to have, whether it's online, offline, whatever. I do believe that most people run their online business totally different to their offline business. We've never done that. We have an offline approach to everything that we do. So that means customer engagement, customer service, customer appreciation, all has to happen the exact same way as if we were dealing with a customer face-to-face -face or over the phone. Okay, so point taken that if you're going to have a chatbot or an autoresponder email saying thank you for your email, we received it, maybe in that email you acknowledge the fact that it's an automated email so you're not trying to make out that this is really somebody else and it just feels a bit more genuine because most people know that it's, a, it's an automated email but it still shows that you've made the effort to put that in place and you're making a commitment to them 
saying that I will get back to you by so and so time. But then here's the key. You must follow through on the commitment that you make to them to build the trust. Your actions must be congruent with your words. One corresponding pet hate I have is I sometimes go to a cafe and there's a queue of people at the cafe or maybe there's two or three people ahead of me and the person that's serving deliberately doesn't make eye contact with the person in the queue and over and above that they will take ages to serve the person that they're serving which can be quite frustrating i think a better approach in that situation might be saying oh i'll be with you in a moment sir or ma'am I'll just finish serving this customer first and then show some sense of urgency that you're trying to serve the customer. Doesn't mean you have to be rude to the customer that's in front of you, but you just demonstrate that you do care about the person waiting in line because you're just treating them quite badly if you're not even saying, I see you, I hear you, I know you're waiting. Just that act can be such an important and valuable expression in terms of customer service. But what you're talking about, though, is exactly what I'm saying needs to be trained. Business owners think that their staff should know this. They don't know anything. It's like saying that when you, you turn 16, you should just know how to drive a car. Like We've got to train people to do new skill set. But more so than that, we've got to train them to do the skill set that we want them to do. And that's probably where there's a bit of a mix. I've got this expectation from my staff and my business, and my staff have this expectation there's a big thing missing. And the main ingredient that is missing from most businesses, they're not seeing or trying to figure out what is my level of expectation as the customer? Where am I sitting with how I'd like to be treated? And it's not that I'm unrealistic. It's just that, you know, I'm spending good money. So give me something more than just the product or service that I can go away and rave about. The way I've always grown my business, and I've come up with a theory now, I've always got many theories, but there's different business models, as we all know. There's B2B and there's B2C. We've always had a, and it's only because it wasn't deliberate at the start because I had no money when I first started my first business, I had to create demand and I had to create a following. So I wanted to create a customer to business model, which is a great way to grow your business because you don't have to spend any money on it. What I've created is a thing called F to F, which most people think is face to face, but it's not. It's fans to followers. I just want to create fans in my business and every business will probably have them. And if you don't, there's your problem. But every business probably has fans. They have followers. So the way that we talk about it, especially in my training, is about going after your customer's customer. So that way, when we're serving a customer or any of my staff are serving a customer, they then need to realise and know that that person knows other people. So if we give them great experience, they'll go away and tell people, I don't have to then go and spend a, a crap load of money on stupid marketing to tell people how unreal we are. Word of mouth is going that way. Now it's word of mouth is going that way as well. And that's the way that the business has always grown. And the issue, though, is that simplicity is not actually being taught. And I will guarantee you there'd be probably 60 to 80% of people that will end up watching this. And, I, and if you ask them the question, when was the last time you had a staff meeting with training? I guarantee it would be more than 12 months ago then they've done that. And so these little things can be done because then you can manage the expectations of the of where you want your business to go. Well, you know, there's some fantastic things you touched on. In episode 166, I talked to a guy called Robert Gerrish and he talked about the five concentric circles and he touched on exactly this issue, which is how to convert people who are acquaintances, eventually move them closer and closer to you and eventually make them raving fans. 
So if you're listening to this episode or watching it on YouTube, I highly recommend you check that out. You can access that at productiveinsights.com forward slash 166. Another thing, Justin, you talked about was how to make price relatively irrelevant. And that is by providing a spectacular customer experience. And I spoke to Sonia Keenan from Omnichannel Media Group just in the last couple of episodes, 168 and 169, about this, which is basically the idea that price is just one of the many factors people think about when it comes to working with a certain person. And customer service is a much bigger factor than most of us realize. We tend to think price is the most obvious one because it's quantifiable. But if you can provide a really good quality customer service, you can charge higher prices and people will pay for that because you're offering something that is fits in with their world and that is a little bit of a smoother and seamless experience. It's a frictionless experience. Yeah. And people are willing to pay a premium price for that. So if you're thinking of improving your business profitability, then I really think you should implement what Justin's talking about, which is develop a really strong customer culture because developing that customer culture can, in the long term, allow you to command higher prices. People will come and seek you out. They will want to work with you and they will pay top dollar to work with you. People are after value, you know, and that's, if you look at it, the whole experience of us buying so whether it's from service or product base, it's irrelevant. It's like a recipe. There's a lot of different things that go into that. It's not just one. I mean, I'm a car nut. I love cars. People go, it's a waste of money. Well, I like wasting my money, but I, I love cars. But I've, I've not bought a certain car uh, or many cars purely based upon the experience that I've been given right at the start. So the car's the car. The, I go to another place, it's the exact same car. But it's the other stuff that goes with it that I'll go, you know what, I actually don't want to give these people my money because they don't actually care about me. And that's what we've got to get. Business owners just get this. They will change their business overnight. And your client, you won't have to market. You won't have to spend as much money trying to attract clients because they'll keep on coming back. This is simple, simple shit, and people just don't get it. I think you touched on a really important idea, and it's encapsulated in that one word care hmm. you have to care and if you care people will sense that can i just say uh, yeah, sure. this, might, this may upset some people but the way we train people is we say to them their staff and them as an owner need to turn up to work every single day with gas you've got to have gas which essentially is well not essentially it is you need to give a shit if I know that you actually care and you give a shit about me as a customer, I am coming back. Then anyone listening to this or watching this at any point in time could automatically recall the last time they went somewhere and they just did not care. And if you can just do that, you then stand out from your competition in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Now, if you're listening, I'd like to share some really great ideas around how to develop this caring and this empathy for your customer. If you have a listen to episode 117, productiveinsights.com forward slash 117, I talk about empathy maps and creating an empathy map for your customer is a great way to put yourself in your customer's shoes. So you ask yourself, what is my customer thinking, hearing, feeling, doing? And you can create an empathy map for before they consume your service or product, while they're consuming your service or product, and how they feel after they've consumed your service or product. The idea is to be able to 
step through the experience as if you were the customer and truly empathize. Because if you can truly empathize with your customer, you almost certainly can provide them with a better customer experience than you are at the moment. And you, at the start of this conversation, Justin said that you were pretending to be a customer for one of your clients to step through that exact process. And that's essentially an empathy mapping in, in action, really. Well, we've got real people serving real people, but it seems there's that missing part where, you know, I'm harping on it. It comes down to training. Like, they've got to be trained that this is okay to care. It is okay to get to know the customer. One of my first jobs when I left school was in a menswear store part-time. I was sort of still doing it whilst at school, but what the owner of that business made us do, it wasn't a choice back in those days. If you didn't do what the owner said, you, you didn't have a job. But now we seem to worry about what people think in our staff, and I just, I just don't play that game. But what we had to do is we had to remember and learn every single customer's name. Yep. Then we had to learn and remember what they bought the last time they came in. Then right. we had to learn what size they bought the last time they came in. So when Mr. Jones comes in, we'd say, oh, Mr. Jones, it's been a while. How's that T-shirt going? Looks like you're you know, after a medium or do you want to, you, looks like you lost a bit of weight. Do you want to go down to a different size? That's what we had to do. Yes. Right? But now I could go back into the same shop time after time after time and they'll say to me, oh, have you shopped here before? And mm. it's just like, I'm here all the time. <laughs> and so that's where little things like that is enough for your customers. If you started to do this stuff overnight, your customers would actually do a double take and go, this is awesome. It's not rocket science. We're not talking about anything that's going to be hard to do. So is this something you train your staff to do now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I mean, I've got a touch point over all of my customers. It's one thing that I've maintained for 25 years that I'm extremely contactable as well. So I find it funny when there's businesses now, even in startups, they try to remove themselves away from the, the customer or put in so many gatekeepers in front of the, the process, for me, it's just a need to be accessible because the, I'm here for 20, uh, after 25 years, purely based upon the fact that customers are bought from me. So why would I go and separate myself from the same people that got me to this position? Doesn't make any sense. And it actually gets the process sale experience over and, and into pretty quickly. So uh, once again, not rocket science. Okay, so I'm just going to sum this up with some action steps. Then you can suggest some others if I've missed any. But the biggest takeaways for me from this conversation are step one, train your staff. Step two, care about your customers and make sure you train your staff to care about your customers. And you can do that by having some specific things you ask them to do which are measurable and quantifiable. For example, Get them to remember key customers' names, if not all the customers' names, depending on the size of your business. Make sure they understand the last thing that customer purchased. They get a feel for the customer. They are able to instantly tell you a little bit about the customer when the customer walks on the door, rather than just ask the customer, have you been here before when they've been a regular shopper? Demonstrate to the customer that you value their business and that you see them as an individual human being. So humanize your communication. Now, if you're online, this might be a bit harder, but you can still humanize your content. You might send an autoresponder email or a bot saying, hey, I got your message and I'll get back to you on Monday. But when you get back to them on Monday, make the effort to show them that you've done a little bit of research around what they last purchased and say, hey, how are you going with that last purchase you made? 
in the online world, you have some advantages because you can actually track a lot of these things a lot more easily. And because we're moving towards this relatively automated and robotic environment of customer service, it's a good opportunity for us as online business owners to humanize ourselves. And I spoke to Brian Clark about this in episode 116. He's the founder of Copyblogger and he talks about humanizing content. So I think when you create a content strategy, you can humanize that as well. And that is again, through doing empathy mapping, that's a good strategy to do that. Another really good thing that comes to mind is when I spoke to Joe Polizzi in episode 75, where he talked about meeting your customer where they are on their journey. So the metaphor is this, if you are manufacturing washing machines, then your customer who is researching washing machines online isn't interested in why your washing machine is better than the next guy's washing machine. They just wanna know the difference between a front loader and a top loader. So if you have taken the time to think about what your customer is seeing, thinking, feeling, hearing at that point in their journey when they're about to make a purchase of your product, then the content you create or the communication you have with them is going to be different and that it's going to be a bit more nuanced towards solving their problem, which leads to the purchase. So don't try and shove your product or service down the customer's throat. Ask yourself, what is the problem the customer is trying to solve that may lead to the product or service that I'm selling? It may not, but just first solve that problem and meet them where they are. Just find the pain point. That's all we've got to do. Yeah. Those are the key action steps I had. Is there anything you'd like to add? Look, without sounding like an absolute monster, I've actually created, because what we've found, and this is why I started um, Customer Culture, what I've found is most people don't know how to go and train their staff. That's the issue. So what I've done is I've created the um, Customer Culture Customer First training manual for staff. And it's not a fluff piece. There's a hundred and I'm going to make sure I'm not a liar here. There is 143 pages of workbook that you and six modules that you put your staff through. How does someone find that? Customerculture.com. Okay. You won't find it on there for sale, and that's a deliberate thing because I want to talk to people about what their needs are. Yep. This is not a compliance thing. This is about making your staff competent, hence why my business, my rules, we need to talk on the phone. And so what you want to do, because I've gone two ways with this. There's a, there's a multiple choice version, and but there's also a, like this one is, you've got to write out your answers and you want your staff to write the answers out because then we know what we need to fix. Business owners say to me all the time, I just don't have the time to go and figure out how to do this, Justin. I go, well, I'll do it for you. So that's why we've created that. My favorite part of this is I've created a customer service personality test. So this is different to a personality test. This is one that will show you each staff member how they naturally will look after a customer and what their natural style is. We find this a lot in hair salons. Funny, I've got no hair, but I yeah. keep getting us to go to, I go, to the, I go to hair salons all the time. Yeah. So yeah, I'm wearing mine up today. Yeah. <laughs> So this happens a lot in the hair industry or hair salons where they'll do the test and they'll realize that the lady or the person behind the counter that's the last and first and last person the customer sees is actually in a position that she doesn't like talking to customers because the personality test shows that. So that shows the business on how they then can improve a business. So if you are looking, if anyone's looking for a resource to do, to train your staff, we've got that because awesome. you want all your staff to do it. That's my advice because we then set the baseline. Everyone then knows how to 
and then what's not negotiable, how you do not treat our customers, it's all now set out. So there's no excuse anymore that they didn't know or they're just yeah. doing it their own way. Okay, so I'm going to say that URL again in case you're driving and you're listening to this and you missed it. It's customerculture.com. There's no .au at the end of that. No. And if you're an American and you're listening to this, I have a fair few American listeners or European, we say culture a bit funnily. So Americans would call it culture, and it's okay. C-U-S-T-O-M-E-R-C-U-L-T-U-R-E.com. That's the URL. I will have that URL in the show notes of this episode, so be sure to look for that on ProductiveInsights.com. Now, Justin, how do people find you and how do they get in touch with you? Do you prefer them to go to customerculture.com or your website? Yeah, so if, they go, if it's around the customer service stuff, go there. If it's around anything else, if you want help with growing your business, whatever, um, then justinherald.com is okay. my other website. And that's spelled J-U-S-T-I-N-H-E-R-A-L-D.com. As in Hark the Herald. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being on the show, Justin. You were a legend, and I look forward to having you back on again sometime. No worries, mate. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 